Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Welcome to the 50th episode of What the Wealth. I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, a certified financial planner, and this podcast is designed to help you go from financial confusion to financial confidence. Over the last six months or so, I've had about three different people bring the idea of paying extra on their home off. That would, you know, the strategy of applying extra payments to your to your mortgage so that you can have a debt-free house, which is an awesome feeling. Psychologically, it is a huge weight and burden off of your shoulders to say you have no debt, your house is paid for free and clear, and no one can take it away for, from you, assuming you pay your taxes, your, your property taxes. But I've got a couple of instances that have come up, and, and I've had actually some older clients that want to pay off their house faster. And that's a little bit different of a, of a situation. It always has to kind of be weighed in the perspective of how is this going to impact your retirement income long-term? What is your income going to look like? Where are you going to get the money from? Especially if you don't have a job anymore, you're not working when, and your portfolio assets are the primary driver of your income. If you take a big chunk out to pay off your house, it's going to cause some risk in your portfolio to generate the amount of income that you need in retirement. And so you just want to be careful about that. But over the last six months, again, I've had three different younger people, mid thirties into their forties, talk to me about for retirement. One of their goals is to not have a house paid off or to have their house paid off. And they want to do that now. So I ran an example and this is on a mortgage that is $330,000. This is actually a real life example. I'm taking names out, but this is a real example. So $330,000 mortgage interest rate was 3.6%. This is a new 30 year term. So the monthly payment, just principal and interest was $1,800 a month. So if you paid that out over the 30 year period, just your monthly payment from now through the 30-year period, 360 payments, you would have paid $210,000 in interest, and your total amount paid would be $540,000. So $330,000 for the principal, $210,000 for the interest, gives you a total of $540,000. That's a lot of interest. I mean, that's two-thirds of what the house even costs you. So I can see why someone would want to pay that off, but you, you, you're missing out a huge piece of psychology and behavior and, and opportunity costs that come with investing and with money. So it might be better to invest the money. And actually two of these situations I have were more about, we might be making a career change in two years. So, you know, we would like the house paid off 
so that if something happens and the new career doesn't take off or something happens with my employer, the house is paid for. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but just to kind of set that up a little bit more that I left that fact out. So you pay this over 30 years, you've got a $330,000 mortgage, you pay $210,000 in interest, total paid is $540,000. So if you paid, let's just say you want to try to pay that off in five years. So you got the same 3.6% interest rate. You're not doing any refinancing or anything. You're just going to pay off the mortgage in five years. So you're going to take the $1,800 that you were paying plus $4,500 additional principal and apply that. Now you're going to pay this house off in five years instead of 30. So that's 25 years sooner. Your total interest paid will be $31,000, a little over $31,000. So far better than $210,000. The total amount paid will be three sixty-one. dollars So the three thirty dollars that you, you bought the house for plus $31,000 in interest is a total investment of $361,000. The problem with this is now if something happens to you in your career and the transition from, you know, corporate world to your own business or corporate world to another job or whatever the, the case may be, or for some people that are maybe commission-based where, you know, you're worried about, you know, you, we've got this robust economy now, but you're worried about what it might look like in five years, you know, so you, so you're paying the house off. So in either one of those situations, you have the house paid off. That's fantastic, but you have no liquidity. There's no additional money there that could help you in the time of that transition. And so when you go through one of those transitions, it might be more important to have a giant nest egg that pays for two, three, four years worth of living expenses, which would include a house payment at that time while you get your business up and running, or you're transitioning to a new company, or you have the what if opportunity emergency fund account so that if your commission-based business starts to suffer for whatever reason, economy changes, market changes, then you know you've got that nest egg built up. So if you just pay it all off, the opportunity cost you're missing out is is not having that lump sum cash to help with the actual transition, to help with your family paying expenses, paying your mortgage, which you know, in this case, the mortgage would be gone. But if you if you chose not to do that, then you could actually have that lump sum of money to to pay for additional expenses, groceries, bills, car payments, maintenance, healthcare, founding the new business, starting the new business, slumps in your commissions. You know, so sometimes kind of zooming back out, I think people start to really think about just the safety net of, well, if I don't have a house payment, I don't have to worry about that $1,800 a month. And that becomes very short-sighted because you're not, you're not thinking of the opportunity cost. You're actually just kind of thinking, you're almost kind of thinking in fear. Well, if this thing that's bad happens, at least I won't have to do this. And in this case, this is the house payment. I won't have to make the house payment. And if we zoom out just a little bit, you know, so if we just kind of take a deep breath and zoom out, then we can start to think about what would be really good if 
things didn't go as planned. A big, huge lump sum pile of cash to do whatever you want with. So an alternative strategy might be maybe you refinance and go from 30 years down to 15 years. And in this case, when I ran this, I, I had a refi rate of two and a quarter, which is, is sounds ridiculous, but there are many, many uh, people that got this two and a quarter rate on 15 years. Probably not as likely to get it right now as this airs, but wasn't that uncommon, you know, 60, 30, 60, 90 days ago. But 15-year rates are always, I say always, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but usually 15-year rate mortgage rates are, are less than 30-year mortgage rates. So if you refinance in this scenario to two and a quarter for 15 years, your payment would go up about $600 from $1,800 a month to $2,461. And you would pay $59,000 total interest. So your total amount paid would be $389,000. So slightly more total interest by refinancing to 15 years than it would be if you were paying an additional $4,500 a month and paying this off in five years. But I think that this kind of serves as a happy medium. So let me, show, let me explain these numbers again. If you, if you pay off in five years at 3.6% and you're shoving an extra $4,500 a month into it, you have $31,000 in interest. If you refinance to 15 years at two and a quarter, then you have $59,000 of interest. So it, it costs you $28,000 more money, both far better than the $210,000 that you would pay if you just let the 30-year mortgage run for the complete 30-year time frame, which is a lot of, of interest. So the thing to consider here is, you know, what's the trade-off of, of doing the 15 years? Now, you're not paying that off quite as fast. You're paying it off in 15 instead of five. You still have less interest than the 210, but slightly more than if you were paying it off in five years. What you have here, though, is you have a lump sum pile of cash. So at the end of five years, if your plan is to then transition from corporate America into your own business, or, you know, you're getting into rentals or you're going to, whatever you do, or just five years down the road, you're unsure of the unknowns and you're worried about just where the economy and the market's going to be. Then that kind of 15 year strategy still lets you pay the house off faster, but it helps you have a pool or a bucket of money. So if you saved the difference between the 6300 and the 2461. Now, the 6300 is if you're paying this off in five years, that's $1,800 a month plus an additional 4500 to get this thing paid off in five years versus the 2461 payment that would be if you refinance to 15 years. If you just save that three, $3,839, for 60 months, you would have $230,000. So what you would have is a very nice lump sum cash where in five years, if the transition to the new, uh, to the new company or the uh, starting of the new business or the economy is still strong, whatever, whatever life looks like in five years, you would at least have a lump sum of cash 
And if it made sense to pay the house off, then you could go take the money and pay the house off. If it didn't make sense to pay the house off and you've got a wrench thrown in your plan and and the gears are not turning quite like you thought they would, then you've got cash to help supplement the current life, the obstacles that are coming at you. And so, you know, I think, again, I think this is just something very, is worth very strongly considering just knowing that you're kind of providing yourself options. You're not putting yourself in such a pinch. And again, you can still use the $230,000 to pay off the house in five years. If it, if it makes sense, if you're, if the transition, everything is comfortable, you can still use the money to pay off the house. If that's what your wish is, let's take it a step further. If you, if you invested that $3,839 a month at a, at 6%, you would have accumulated almost 260,000, 259,689. So you would have had another roughly 30,000 more dollars that you could use for X, Y, Z, whatever you wanted. I think the additional option would be is then you would also, if you decide to carry this out even further, you would have the ability to, you know, save that money for, you know, obviously longer term retirement for, you know, paying for kids education for, you know, starting the business for maybe retiring early. Maybe it's for rental properties, VRBOs, Airbnbs, long-term rentals could be anything. Let me just kind of, I'm running a quick calculation. So $3,839. And so we originally did that for five years for, for 60 months, but let's just say you were doing that longer term. Let's just say you did it for the 15 years. So you're paying 2461 for 15 years to pay the mortgage off. And we're going to invest $3,839 a month uh, over that same 15 year period. And again, we'll say at 6%, that's $1,072,277.38. So when you have rates as low as they are right now, I can make a very, very strong argument that it doesn't make sense to necessarily throw additional money at your mortgage, whether it's 2%, two and a half, three, three and a half, those are historically cheap rates. And when we start adding the numbers to it, then, you know, it might not make sense. Now, again, there is a huge behavioral mindset around not having debt, having your house paid for. And, and I am on board with that. I just think kind of the 15 year strategy allows you to pay your house off faster, allows you to pay less interest, but it still allows you to have quite a bit of cash flow to go into saving for long-term dreams. And once you start doing this, if you actually execute this plan, then you've got that huge lump sum amount of cash. In this case, you know, just shy of $1.1 million. But this gives you time. And one of the biggest assets that you have is time. The longer that you have to let your money grow and compound, the better off you are. And it doesn't seem like it's 
a lot in the early years, like one years, one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, you don't see a huge benefit, but that's kind of laying the foundation. Those are the early bricks that you're putting into your, into your plan. And what happens is as the years pass, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, you start to see this J hook where, you know, it just kind of takes off and runs away from you in a positive way, in a very, very good way. And so your, your money starts to just really just kind of shoot and, and grow faster and faster and faster. And so I just wanted to kind of bring these this up again, because it's something uh, I've had a conversation with over the last, again, three, four, five months, six months on a number of different occasions. And, and all of them is kind of in this fearful, well, if something happens or, you know, if we do this, we at least won't have to have a house payment and forget the investing part. If that is your mindset, you definitely want to have cash available. So that if the storm happens, you're not, you're not cash strapped without a, you know, you might not have a house payment, but you don't have cash and that doesn't help you. It'd be better to have a little bit of a house payment that the cash could still make, but could also fund the rest of your living. So just a couple of things I want to talk about. Number one, again, was the behavior and the psychology of the money around kind of just zooming out. And just kind of thinking through your plan, just one step further, does this make sense? And then the opportunity cost of kind of what that would do long-term for you. So this is the kind of stuff that I think a certified financial planner can add tremendous value for. And a lot of times it's not about which stock do you buy or which mutual fund do you buy. It's more about just kind of thinking through the strategy and, and, being a, a second set of eyes or a second brain collaboratively together on your financial plan, on your strategy, so that, you know, you're just kind of looking at everything from all angles and not just kind of one-sided. So I just thought that this would be an important conversation to have because I think many people think about this, you know, trying to get that house paid off as fast as they can. If you need help, if you have questions, I know this is a lot and I was talking about numbers and you really couldn't see it. So I will have it in my show notes on the blog. So you can see that on whatthewealth.com. Again, if you have questions or, you know, you want help, I'm happy to, to help you. My email is Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Reach out. I would love and be honored to walk this journey with you. Make sure you tell someone you love them, create the life you love. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. 
we suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor.